going over the next few weekends. There are some things in life that we have to do, and there are some things that we get to do. There's some things in, in life that we have to do, and then there's some things we get to do. In, in my prep for this series that we're starting today, some of you, I believe, follow God from an attitude that, that I have to. And yet there's others that either through maturity, growth, decision, whatever, you've decided to have an attitude of I get to do. So today as we enter our legacy season as a church, this is a season we celebrate what God has done through our church over the past year, and we start preparing our hearts to give a special sacrificial offering so that we can do even more to bless those in need around us in the year to come. So as we enter this legacy season, it's not just about the vision and the mission of our church. It's more about the mission and the vision and what God wants to do through you and for you. Jesus told his followers, he said, I've come that you may have life and that life to the full. I believe and we believe and the Bible declares that God clearly wants to do four things in your life. And these four things create and guide the vision and the mission of Skybreak Church. The life God has for you is anything but ordinary, so live fully and capture extraordinary. That is the foundation our church is built on. And the first thing God wants to do is he wants you to know him. To know God personally. He's not trying to change you or make you holy. He wants you to know him and to have a personal relationship with him. Now, once we come to know God, he wants us to find freedom. A survey was done about 15 years ago of Christians. And the survey was done by Fuller Theological Seminary. And it found that 87%, listen carefully to me, 87% of current Christian believers never fully find freedom from the things that hold them bound. Their past, their failures, their struggles, that they hold them back. And the survey found that 80, that's nine out of 10 people that serve God never walk into their full freedom discovering who they're supposed to be. Well, I just think that Jesus came to set us free, everybody. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life to the full. Capture the extraordinary life God has for you. So he wants you to know him. That's part of our mission. He wants us to find freedom. Now, we believe that's part of our mission as a church also. And we believe finding freedom comes through authentic relationships in small groups. Christians need to be around you. You need to build a community that supports you and that helps you. And we call that small groups. You can find a, a group today. If you're not in a group, you need to get in a group today. You need, to, you need to have a community. Come on, Simone, are you listening to me? It's, the Bible says it's not good to be alone. That's a whole sermon right there in itself. 
But if you're not in a group, don't wait another day. Go to the app, go to the website, get in a group. You say, well, I don't know these people. Exactly. Exactly. We want to get to know someone so that when life gets hard, I've got somebody to lean on. And everybody needs somebody to lean on. So our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. To go on a discovery of why you were born. Someone said there's two favorite, famous, uh, uh, two, two great days in your life. One is the day that you were born, and the second is the day you discover why. Two great days in your life. Sadly, most Christians don't know that, and that's a tragedy. So we believe once you settle your yesterdays and you find freedom, then you can see your tomorrow and discover your purpose more clearly. And that's why we talk to you all the time about the growth track. Everybody say growth track. Get in a small group to find freedom and build relationships and go to growth track, growth track today. It's online. Growth track will help you. It's three simple steps to help you clearly see the reason why God puts you on this earth. Now, all of that's good. All of that's good. It's good, but it's no good if you don't actually put it into play. The ultimate purpose for our life is to use it to make a difference. To use it to make a difference. And that's the ultimate mission and the main agenda of our church so that every one of you can say, I'm using my life and I'm living my life in such a way that I'm making a difference in other people's lives. We say it this way, the church does not exist for us but we're the church and we exist for the world to make a difference in our world. So to help us accelerate this mission, on December the 4th, we will receive our annual end of year legacy offering. Now the legacy offering is the one time a year where all of us come together as a church and we bring our best sacrificial gift to accelerate the mission God's given our church. December the 4th is only four weeks away, so I'm asking you to begin praying today if you haven't already been. Janet and I have been praying for this for months now. I ask you to begin praying and preparing by asking God what he would have you give. Now let me explain how we're gonna use your gifts and this offering that we're about to receive. Through the legacy offering, we have the opportunity to make a lasting impact on three legacy lanes, which is how we fulfill the mission and the vision of our church. The first legacy lane is what we call Skybreak Projects. Through our church, people come to know Jesus. Marriages are restored. Hope is reborn. Lives are healed. Kids and youth learn about Jesus like they're doing right now. Relationships are, are found in community. God is worshiped. That all happens through our church. So this lane accelerates the vision to reach as many people as possible by acquiring and maintaining and expanding and updating Skybreak's buildings and properties. And this is by far our most costly and expensive legacy lane. We like to say it this way, listen to me. Buildings and parking lots don't change lives. But what just happened right now at the front of this building, that does. 
So I'm just wanting to get everybody on the same page today. If you're new to Skybreak, you need to know our vision and you need to know our mission and we want you to embrace it. And if you're sitting here today, may, may I say this with as all the love and clarity as I can. You need to be in a church where you're like, I'm a part of that team and I want to see that mission and that vision accomplished and I'm going to do my best to see that happen in my life and be a part of that so that I too can do what God's called me to do through our church and see our community touch for the name of Jesus. So Skybreak Projects is the first legacy lane. The second legacy lane is what we call Next Gen. Now at Skybreak Church, we have learned to think three. Everybody say think three. I believe the greatest investment we can make is to train and equip young leaders to change the world for Jesus. So we've been training our children, which are now on this stage, leading and pastoring this church, and we've been training our grandchildren, which are also now on stages in this facility right now on this campus. Uh, our, our six, our seven-year-old, soon to be seven, Tuesday, seven-year-old Malachi was on stage last Sunday leading worship and the kids there for the first time. Six years old, be seven this week. That's what I mean when I say think three. God spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When you see the scripture, God always was looking forward. We can't just think about us. We gotta think intentionally. We gotta see into the future. We gotta see our legacy. And so part of Skybreak is intentionally thinking three by, inv by investing in our legacy, which is our children and our grandchildren. So <laughs> some of you are like, I don't even have kids, but it's in your seed. You don't know what your grandchildren are going to, grandkids, that's what I like to call them. You don't know what your grandkids are going to look like, act like, but it's in your seed. And this legacy offering is not just about us. It's about the next generation and the next. So this lane provides revenue for us as a church. So we can create the environments and the opportunities and provide scholarships to develop and grow our kids and our students and our young leaders to stand taller and see farther and accomplish more. It shouldn't just be about me. It's not. It should be about them and their children. The Bible said lay up treasures for your children's children. Come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? Now, our third legacy lane is missions. And at Skybreak, we have local, national, and international missions. First, our mission is to reach our city. That's our first responsibility, to reach Bryan College Station in the Brazos Valley. We're on television every Sunday morning. We have 52 weekend experiences right here. Every seven days, the opportunity comes around for us to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. And people who are on their way to hell are now on their way to heaven. And as long as there's one person within driving distance of our church, we have a responsibility to reach them. If they don't know Jesus, we have a responsibility to reach them. So, Skybreak Church weekend experiences are by far our greatest outreach opportunity. So that's our local mission. And then our second mission endeavor is national, reaching across our nation. Skybreak Church supports numerous ministries, and actually not just financially, but we are a part of, of organizations and groups that are building church teams, building new churches, training leaders, and, and uh, supporting national events that lead people to Jesus. You can go to our website, you can see all of these. And then our world is our third mission, locally, 
nationally and then internationally. Right now, while we're sitting here today, one of the missions we support, they're in Nigeria doing open heart surgeries this week. They've been doing them for the last 10 days, open heart surgeries at a hospital that a wealthy man in Nigeria built for our, for, 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 past, for Vincent, Dr. Vincent Ahaju. He built it for him and they are there right now. There's a team on the ground helping people that don't have the money to help themselves. So we're not just talking about this. Now, you say here, don't sit here. How do I need to say this right? Everybody say amen. I don't want us to sit here and not realize all that's God, that God is doing around you. While we sit in church today and people are trying to decide if they're going to follow Jesus, God is working in our city, God's working in our nation, and God's working around the world, and we're a part of that. We feed orphans every single day in Haiti. We are rescuing people from human trafficking. We are building churches around the globe. And all of that comes because of your generosity and our legacy offering. This vision and this mission of Skybreak Church and these legacy lanes is how we're going to use the offering that we receive on December the 4th. Now, I want to take a few minutes. I've given you some data and I'm trying to get everybody on the same page of our mission, our vision, and why we do what we do and what the legacy offering is all about. But here's the point. I want to take a couple of minutes and I want to share with you the, the real message in my spirit. And that is this. Some of you follow God in the wrong way. Now, don't be offended by that. We just did four Sundays on offense. Don't, don't, don't be offended, Okay. Most people follow God out of a sense of obligation rather than a sense of passion. Now, stay with me. Most people, I understand that because I'm a disciplined person. I, there's certain, I make decisions and you just stick by them. You, you decide to do what's right and that's okay. That's loyalty, that's discipline, that's, that's attitude. But I also don't want to miss the passion of what we're doing. So some people follow God out of obligation, not out of passion. And then some people follow God from an attitude of, I have to do this, rather than an attitude that I get to do this. Everybody say, I get to. Now, some people don't enjoy reading their Bible, but they know they're supposed to. Some people don't enjoy praying, but they know they're supposed to. And what that creates is a group of people who follow God out of a sense of duty, but they're not enjoying the ride. I want you to enjoy the journey. You know, it'd be sad to be married to someone and you only stay married because you know, you know, I don't want a divorce and it's biblical to stay married and I need to stay married and, you know, they've not done anything that would cause, I just don't like her anymore, so I'm going to leave. It, that would be hard to stay in a relationship. That'd be difficult. Is that, that can I get any plainer than that? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to have some passion back into that relationship? Listen, I've been married 43 years this past August and the passion that Janet and I have for each other, there is not, it's not just like an ember. It's a, <laughs> Woo, my mind is running lots of places right now. What, 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 it's a bonfire. That's what I was looking for. Y'all don't know what that is because we don't have them anymore. 
Anyway, anybody know what a bonfire is? I'm talking about like A&M bonfire. Like, anybody, I, you remember going to those? I know why we don't do it, but anyway. Still miss it. Passion, everybody say passion. I want you to fall in love with Jesus. Some of you are coming to church because you know it's the right thing to do, but wouldn't it be better if you were so in love with Jesus and so fired up about having somebody that doesn't know Jesus sitting next to you that you're like, man, church is gonna be awesome today. I know why I'm going because this person doesn't know Jesus. I need to rekindle. Man, we're gonna believe God. I want them to come to know Jesus today. That changes everything. I personally believe it's not God's best for you to have a moment where you're not enjoying the ride. So I wanna make a bold statement and I want you to listen to me. Pastor Nathan and I are looking for people who will say, say this. This is the statement. I want, we're looking for people who will say this. I absolutely love the vision and the mission of our church. And I love the four things that we get to do about helping people know God and find freedom and discover purpose and ultimately make a difference. And I can't wait to get my lost coworker or friend or neighbor to church sitting beside me. And I love that we get to give. And I love that we get to make an eternal difference. And I love that we get to do what we do as a church. I just love my church. We're looking for the sheer passion behind what we're doing. Not to do it out of legalism or just dis dis discipline or just determination. That's all good because uh, you don't always feel things. Oh, boy, there's a sermon. Don't go by your feelings. Always go by your faith. There's a big difference in that. Somebody ought to say yes on that. If you let feelings, feelings, there's an old song, right? If you let feelings, <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. If you let feelings, no, we stand on faith. But I'm glad I got some feeling. When I walk in the room and I see Janet, there's some feeling. <laughs> and it's not the song, she's lost that love and feeling. It's, ain't, it's not that song. It's she's got new love and feeling. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Janet, I love you. She's watching from home because chemo kicked her butt this week. But anyway, she's still watching from home. And I rubbed her little head this morning. She's lost all her hair. And I rubbed her head and I kissed her right up here. And I let her know she's the most beautiful thing. Why? Because she is. I want you to have the same passion for God. Listen to me. Listen to me. You should have the same. We're out of, we're out of time and you're taking my time. Thank you for clapping, but hold on a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do this. I told Pastor Dad, I, said, I don't want to rush through this, but I feel pressured. But it, we, anyway, because some of y'all like, I got to go. Listen, the Astros won and the... So, hold on. So they ain't no... Hold on. See, you're taking my time again. They ain't no game seven. We won it. It's over with. Thank you, Jesus. All right, that's good. Uh, now let's have church. All right, everybody? So stay with me a minute. You ain't got no place else to go is what I'm saying. Just... <laughs> you know what that means, don't you? Absolutely nothing. Okay, just. <laughs> Y'all okay? All right. We're looking for the sheer passion behind what we're doing. I do believe that certain things we do for God are because of discipline, but God doesn't want you to stay there. He, serving God should, should be a delight, not a duty. It should be enjoyed and not endured. So let me share a few scriptures with you, okay, as we prepare and enter this legacy season. Philippians chapter two says, for it is God who works in you God's working in you to change your will and to, to act in order 
to fulfill his good purpose. So we can get to the place where we want to read our Bible and we want to pray and we want to serve God and we want to give. Here's another translation of the same verse. Philippians 2 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire. Giving you the desire to do what pleases him. And I want to lead you to that desire. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do here this morning is to lead you to that desire. I want to show you the joy of legacy and the joy of giving and the fulfillment of inviting someone to meet Jesus and to find freedom. I want you to love this legacy season and not shy back or stay home. No, I want you to dive in. There's a verse in Exodus where they received an offering. Here's what it says. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. This is what I want to do. I want to stir your heart. I want to bring you to a place where you can say legacy is my favorite season of the year. The verse goes on. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of the church and for all its services, and for the holy garments. In other words, they brought an offering to the church, for the church, so people would have a place to gather in community to worship and to provide for our pastors and leaders and to prepare us every weekend, every seven days. And then there's this next verse, and it's noted for being the largest philanthropic offering in history that's recorded in the Bible. Up to this point, God's house was portable. If you, to give you the setting for this scripture, it was a tent. God led his people and the church was a tent. And David said, that's got to change. We can't, we can't do that. We've got to build God a house. And so First Chronicles 29 says, David said to the people, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God. So this is what I've been talking to you about for the last 10 minutes. David, David would say, if David had an Instagram, he would have taken a picture of people in worship and he would have posted, hashtag I love my church, right? That's what David would have done. He continues by saying, I love my church and I, I not only have this affection, but I've given to the house of my God over and above all that I prepared for the holy house. So he's saying, I'm bringing an offering over and above all that is required. What do you mean required? Well, in the Old Testament, there's a requirement, was a requirement of giving, which was the tithe or the 10%. We practice that in our church. It's Old Testament, New Testament. We get, we bring a 10%. David says, forget that. I'm going above all that that was required. Then he says in verse five, who else is willing to consecrate himself to the Lord this day? So he makes an appeal like I'm doing today. In other words, he says, I don't want you to do this out of obligation, but who else is willing? Who else is, is able to say with me, it's not that I have to, but I get to build God a house. And then the scripture goes on to say all the leaders of Israel got so excited. Leaders of families, the officers of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work all gave willingly. Not because they had to but because they get to. 
And then the people got excited. So David said, this is what I'm going to do. And he announced his giving above his regular tithe or all. He said, I'm going to bring this offering. And then all the leaders of the nation, they said, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get excited. And all the people, the Bible says, they got so excited that they said, well, we want to give too. So verse 9, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders. For the leaders had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And then verse 17, David wraps it up and he said, all these things I have given willingly and with honest intent, and now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. And that's what we want for you. That's what we're looking for. For people who say, God, from where I'm at, you know exactly where I am. You know my financial state, but I am here to serve you and you know what you've blessed me with and now I'm gonna bring an offering to you. Have you ever thought about doing that? You know, it's, it's really clear for some of us in our, that maybe we just never took the time to say, well, what could I bring to the Lord for all he's done for me? I want to lead a church that says, I love what we get to do. I love helping people find freedom and make a difference and discover purpose. I love thinking three. I love starting churches. I love what we get to do. I love my church. So let me tell you why this is so important. Listen carefully. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, listen to it. It says, if, if, everybody say if. If there's a willingness, if there's a willingness there, then the gift is acceptable. <laughs> Let me put it in perspective. You ever had a child and you said, give that back to me? <clears throat> okay, y'all, I'm setting you up. Come on, stay with me. I'm set, but you know what I'm talking about. When, when you try to get a child to respond willingly and they... And they're, they're, they're not willing. It's no fun, right? Nobody wins. But when you do it willingly, God is saying, the gift is acceptable. When I come to God and I say, Lord, you know what I have, and I'm gonna bring this. Normally, I, I give this week in and week out. That sustains the church. But now we're doing once a year an offering, and I'm gonna bring an offering to you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something extra. I'm gonna do what I can, but I'm gonna provide. Lord, I'm gonna bring an offering to you. And God says, I love a cheerful giver, and the offering is accepted, and I'm gonna bless you. That's what we're looking for. God looks at our hearts even more than he looks at our hands. So Pastor Danny, how do I, how do I get that kind of heart? How, where does that willingness, <laughs> it's a good question, right? Where does the generosity and the willingness come from? I think the passion and desire comes from one thing, and it's when you understand and remind yourself why. Why? I think the why motivates it all. Someone said it this way, when I lose my why, I lose my way. Some of you have lost your way because you've lost your why. Your, your passion for church has dwindled because you've forgotten what it's like to have a lost person sitting on the road next to you. It changes everything. It changes everything. Some of you, your marriage may be in trouble because you've forgotten why you married that person in the first place. You remember when you were doing everything you could to win them over? And now you're just throwing insults. You forgot your why. 
well, yo mama. Well, I'll tell you about your mama too then. And it ain't even about your mama. It's about you. <laughs> Remind yourself. Listen, I, I tell, you gotta, gosh, I'm trying to, I got all my stories and I can't tell them today because I don't have time. Okay, so I'll tell you this story. <laughs> Y'all okay? Okay, gotta tell this. So, some of you heard this, but it just comes to, it helps some of you that are new. I grew up in a very strict religious Christian background, okay? Very strict. And so did, so did Janet, my wife, because we didn't know each other as kids. So, but in our church that we grew up in, uh, the, the women all wore, and the girls all wore dresses. They didn't wear pants, okay? So, so I got to Bible college. I went to the Bible college of the same denomination, you know, and, and that's where I met Janet. And I remember the first week of college, Janet's walking across campus and there's like 300 or 400 students at this small college, but I'm, I'm seeing her and, and she wore dresses, right? So, so, so her dress was, now I don't mean dresses here. <laughs> not, no condemnation. I'm not trying to be, but in Bible college, you wouldn't wear a dress here. They wore them here. Anyway, so Janet's walking across campus. Her dress is to here. It's all this, you know, anyway, all that stuff. But she can wear high heels. So she had those high heels on. And that dress, all, the only leg I saw was that much. But it was so awesome. I'm like. Y'all with me? Come on, some of y'all acting like, oh, I don't like legs. You a lying sucker. Let me tell you right now. Look at those legs, baby. Woo! I can only see that much. But that's all it took. Some of you forgot why you loved that woman in the first place. You need to get your why back. Some of you forgot why. You loved your job and now you're struggling and frustrated and changing jobs. You need to go back to your why. You forgot why you loved that job when you started. So there was a day some of you served God, but you've forgotten your why. And what I'm, what I'm hoping here today is spiritually you can get your why back. I love God because I get to. I do this because I get to, not because I have to. So let me end, let me end. So, so why should you, why should I, why should we be a part of legacy offering? It's simple, because we get to do it. We get to give, we get to invite, we get to be a part of something bigger than myself. Let's not forget the why behind everything we do at church. Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, my brethren, you do it to me. So whatever you do, you're doing it for God, all right? And this year's legacy offering is only four weeks away, December the 4th. Here's the three things I'm asking you to do starting now. If you haven't done so already, here's how you can be involved. First, pray. Listen to me closely. If you will ask God, he will tell you what he'd like for you to give. That's between you and God. We have our legacy letters. Did you see them out front? If you come in the North Lobby, can't miss them. Legacy, it's the legacy season. On the back of those letters is a place you can take a card for the amount that you're trusting God for that you believe you're gonna give. Take the card and then take one of those pens and write your prayer request. There are so many stories from last year's legacy where people wrote a prayer request and God answered. Wrote a prayer request and God answered. 
Take a card, go look them over. And then after this weekend, over the weeks ahead, you're going to start seeing prayers written on those letters. You can come by during the day and uh, take a card or read or just want to pray over them. Every weekend, go by and look at all that. The kids do it. We do it on the wall in the kids area where they, they, write their, they wrote their prayers last year on the wall. It, it was like an imaginary, it was, it was letters on the wall. They weren't out like these, but the kids were, you'd be surprised what these children were praying for you about. Hmm. Believe in God. So pray. Ask God. He'll tell you what to give. Secondly, prepare. Start setting it aside. We've been doing it all year. What we don't want this offering to be is another commitment that stretches out down the, like a, a loan that you say, I'm going to do this. That's not the right, a commitment. And then you pray, pay, give it all year. We want, we want to do it in advance. God, I'm setting it aside. And then we bring our offering on Legacy Sunday. Prepare to bring a sacrificial gift above your regular tithe and offering. If you're a business owner, this is your chance to do an end of year giving through the church. We have that every year and we're thankful for our business people. Some of you have a business and this is your opportunity to write a gift through your business. Thank you for that. That, that accelerates the vision of Skybreak Church. And then finally, participate on December the 4th. If you've never been here, on one of our giving Sundays, you've, you've never seen anything like it. It's not quiet and it's not laid back. It is festive and it is alive and it is exciting and people are running all over this building. I, I'm promising you, you've never seen an offering like this. The people are just, how many of you have ever been to a legacy offering? Raise your hand if you've been here before. Okay, wow, so you got a treat coming up. It, I promise you, it is the most exciting day. Last year, I mean, we're tallying the number. We got it on the screen, and we're counting it, and we're believing God, and we're all excited, and we're going. It is amazing what happens when you're a cheerful giver, and God blesses. Whatever you do, don't sit at home. What we do as a church, we do together. And it's not because we have to. It's because we get to. Would you bow your heads with me, please? For God so loved the world that he gave his own son. He gave first his own son. That whosoever would believe in him can have eternal life. That's the why behind our what. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you don't have that passion for him, and maybe you don't understand that it's because of Jesus dying on the cross that my sin and your sin was paid for. Jesus did that so we could have eternal life because we're not always gonna stay on this planet. My dad left this planet on October the 5th at the age of 85 and he went to his eternal reward. You're not gonna be here forever. So you need to get ready and you don't know if it's gonna be at 85 or at 25. You don't know. So I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me today. You can give your heart to Jesus and invite him in, into your life to be your leader right now. And it's a prayer that I'm going to lead all of us in. And if that's you, heads are bowed and you're watching online wherever you are. If you're in this room, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to make sure I'm ready to go to heaven. I want to pray that prayer. Would you slip your hand up? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Would you do that? Thank you. All of us are going to do it together. Thank you for that. If you're watching online and you want to pray this prayer, someone's there to talk to you. You can click right there. You can let us know that you're praying this prayer with us. Any more hands going up in the room? I just want to make sure that I'm ready to go to heaven. That's the why behind what we do, everything we do. 
as a church. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put those hands down. I want you to pray this prayer with me all across the room. Would you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sin. Take away my past. I believe you died and rose again. And you did so for me. My sins were paid for. And so I receive you as the Lord of my life and the leader of my life. From this day forward, I'll do my best to honor you and to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. season, everybody. Amen. Let's thank Pastor Danny for that message today.